We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. James O'Reilly, player from each side of the ball that you think will make the biggest jump in fall camp. I'd like it to be Rocco and Tyson Ford. Good choices. Yeah. Uh, they both have potential to be game wreckers, I believe. Thanks. So Those are good Vince, choices. Let's, let's like pick those. a starter and a backup that we'd like to see. Ooh, okay. Right? I don't know who okay. it'll be, but who we'd like to see. So who's the who's the starter on offense that you really want to see make a huge jump in fall camp? For I me, it's an easy one. Go ahead. ahead. Okay. I, Tobias Merriweather. Okay. I mean, needs to make a big jump. Like I said, I want him to be the alpha. That doesn't mean he has to have the most catches, but I want him to have the most yards and touchdowns. You like the most dangerous, yeah. Yep. He needs to be the most dangerous. I need to see a big step there. So since yep. you went with him, I'll go with somebody else. I'm going to say Billy Shrouth. That's, okay. that, that'll be mine. Billy Shrouth. I yeah. like that one. That, Billy Shrouth or Mitchell Evans are the two that popped in my head. Okay. The most. Yeah. Now, here's an interesting one. Chris Tyree. If Chris Tyree yeah. becomes like a big time playmaker in fall camp, you're going to be like, oh, okay, this is going to be fun. But right. we'll, we'll, we'll see about that one. What about the backup? Who's the one kind of – or not backup, maybe a guy that's a number two sure. or a guy that's in contention yep. to be a rotation guy. Yep. I think this one's easy for me, Vince, and it's Jadarian Price. <laughs> I, just, I was going to say that one too. Know. That's a good one. No, that's a, good, yeah. that's a great one. That was absolutely going to be my – I'll let you explain it, but that was exactly going to be Well, my just favorite. because we – right now it's like we don't know who he is, right? So right. we need to see him make a big jump, which means he's healthy – which means he's shaking off the rust, right? And he's ready to go. That that would be one for me. I think the the other one would be, and you could kind of count it. If, if well, actually, I'll let you do because I don't want to take your other one. Yeah, I was going to say Holden Stace. That would be my second okay. one. I want to see him. Say I, Dion. I, I want to see. Yeah, I like that one too. I I, I just want to see dynamic play at the second tight end position. And I'm not saying that Mitchell Evans can't be dynamic. It's not what I'm saying at all. But I want that from the second tight end position to almost force the use of the second tight end in the passing game. So yeah. Holden stays is my guy. I'd like that one. I like that. So defense, who's the starter you want to see make the biggest jump this year? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This one's easy for me too. It's Xavier Watts. Like I, okay, I, I just, I've always been a fan of X. I'm, I'm a huge fan of his. I, I think he can be very, very special. And now that he's had a full year plus of being in the same position, and and we know he's going to be a starter, I want to see him take that next step and, and be that leader of the back end. I just, I really want to see it, man. I want it for him, and I want it for this team. Um, yeah. So that's my pick over there. I was actually not going to pick him anyway. Um, I was, I, I, I love this. There's a thing going on in the chat. Some Notre Dame fan, some, I, I think he's kind of a, I don't want to say it. Someone who had to constantly put on timeout is talking about how, you know, Brian Kelly and no one could beat uh, Brian. Ke- no one could beat Trevor Lawrence and, and uh, insured by big. Who's one of our resident LSU fans said uh, Joe Burrow beat Trevor Lawrence. Like, <laughs> Ching. <laughs> love it love it well played lsu fan That's i great. dig it. i dig it uh but uh i was actually gonna go with riley mills even okay. even if even if i'd have gone first i just feel like to me there's nothing more impactful than a, than a dominant up the middle player just as a quarterback as an offensive coordinator if you're kicking my butt right up the middle i don't have a lot of answers yeah. and if that's happening the last thing i'm worried about is your safety you know what I mean? Like I'm worried about my quarterback safety is what I'm worried about. If you have a dominant interior player. So that's where I'm going with. And then my number two, it actually would have been Batelho. Okay. Be my number would have been my number two, just because I feel like they have, to, it goes back to what we said earlier, Vince linebacker, safety corner, all that. None of that matters. If the defensive line doesn't play big time football. You're right. And Absolutely to me, those correct. two guys are the key to that. How about the backup? Who's the backup guy that you would like to see take a really big jump this year? I'm going to go with Jaden Mickey. Because I, I really want him to solidify himself as that next guy in at corner. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he's got the right mentality. Obviously, he got a lot of playing time last year as a true freshman. I think yeah. he's poised and ready to take that next step. And yeah. they, they need to be deep. I mean, they, they need to have depth at, at the corner position because, you you know, look, Cam Hart's my guy. I'll, I'll be the first one to admit it. But he has, he's had injuries. And – well, and Mike Mickens wants to have a rotation there. He doesn't Absolutely. want Cam Hart to have to play every and, and Benjamin Morrison every single snap of every single game until they get the right. blowout moments. He exactly. wants to, be able to keep those guys fresh. Yep. Yep. So that's my he, guy right here. Here was a really good one from Lath Griffith, Vince. He said, uh, I don't know if Maris is going to start, but if he does, I need to see him on another level this year. That's a great point. If they're no just going to force feed Maris Lufau to us, then right. Maris needs to be a guy that takes a big jump. No doubt. That's a good one. And he's capable of it. There's no doubt. I mean, I know we're like really, we're like the opposite of where we were on Maris last year. We were on the Maris hype train last sure. year. Oh, yeah. What we saw in spring practice and everything we heard from our sources and all that kind of stuff. But, and then it just, you know, didn't turn out yeah. that way at yeah. all. Yeah. But he's correct. If, if, if he's going to be the starter this year, he has to play a lot better. Cause to, to the, his point, if, if Riley and Jordan are really good, but Maris is constantly hitting bad run fits, then you're still going to be able to run on Notre Dame. Right, the reality of it. Yep. So yeah, that's a that's a good one. And and yep. for me, the backup that I would like to see is Josh Burnham. I want to see Josh yeah. Burnham really explode this off this this. It'd be fun to camp. see him coming off the edge. Yeah. He's super athletic and get super yeah. low. Six four, two hundred forty pound, twitched up kid. But he, yeah, but he gets so low when he comes around yeah. the corner. Like yeah, yeah. yeah it's a He'd good be one. a good one. He'd be a good one. He'd be a really good one. From James, who do you foresee enrolling early? From the 24 recruiting class. That's a little early for that. For me to answer that, Ryan would have a better idea. I do know that CJ Carr plans on enrolling early. I'm, I'm not really sure about a lot of the other guys. I we just, had, I just we had that asked. question asked okay. in the recruiting show yesterday. Okay. What did he during say? During the mailbag. Uh, and he went through the whole list on who he thought was going to be in early yeah. and who wasn't. See, I don't really was... want to do the thinking thing because – Right. A lot of it kids was more tell than you half. that, but yeah. It was more than half. Well, that's always that. going to be the case. I mean, like, th- that's you're going to get at least half your guys are going to early sure. enroll. That's sure. just the way that Notre Dame wants to do it. And more guys would have if their school would have allowed it. Like, I don't think Brennan right. Vernon's high school allowed it. That's why he, you know, like it's, Josh Lugg's high school wouldn't allow it. Some sure. schools just don't let you graduate early. They, well, they don't let you it's, do what it's, you need to do. Working in a high school, I will say that, over the last few years, it's gotten easier to graduate early just with yeah. some of the accredited online courses that you can take and, and some different things that you can do. It has become much easier to graduate early for sure. Yeah. But some schools literally just do not allow. No, you you're to right. Yeah. yeah, no, you're absolutely, yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. From Michael Johnson, I don't have Xfinity anymore. So which streaming service has NBC? Well, I know for a fact that Fubo has it. I mean, I'm just telling you, I can only tell you the ones I use, Vince. Sure. I know most of them have it, but Fubo definitely has it. And then YouTube TV has it. And you can record. The The one good thing about YouTube TV is it's a little cheaper than Fubo, but Fubo has a thousand hours is all you can do recording mm. time. And when you're recording football games and every football mm-hmm. game, that, that, that fills up in a hurry. Where Not YouTube bad. has more unlimited, you can just record as much as you want. But... Uh, they're all getting a little bit more expensive. You know what's bothering me? You get all these streaming services. Part of the reason that I wanted to go with a streaming is because I get tired of commercials. Sure. Well, now every single streaming service has commercial, and it's the most random times in the middle of a show. Yeah, and like middle of the sentence. Nuts. Middle yeah, of the sentence, like, and they're like, what are you doing? And then you always got to go back right. and listen to it again. It drives me nuts. I know uh, Dish you can use the NBC app. I, I I use the NBC app on my Roku, but I go through like a dish sign in. 
and uh, I can get NBC streaming. That I will tell you okay. because NBC on my NBC on my rabbit ears uh, doesn't come in very good, to be honest with you. Yeah. So when we watch live NBC, we watch it, we stream it, um, and it's a couple seconds behind, which is annoying yeah. for live sports. But yeah, that's what we use here. Beef eater, would you rather? Oh, these are always interesting. Spend your whole time tailgating with and sitting next to Michigan fans during a loss to Michigan. Well, that's a definite no. Or get locked in a tailgate, port john Oh, God. Phone battery dead and miss Notre Dame blowing out Michigan. I mean, I'm wow. sorry. I'm going to be a little selfish on this one. I do not. In any scenario, no matter whatever the result is of a football game, yeah. what I want to be locked on a first of all, this will yeah. never happen to me because I don't right. use Porter Johns. I just yeah, exactly. they're gross. It's I just terrible. I'm sorry. I just terrible. No. And since I don't drink alcohol at games, I don't. You know, I fine. I'll wait till I get into the stadium. You know what I mean? Like I'm good. I peed before I came here, and I'm, I'm good. You know? <laughs> uh, but I mean, I'd literally go find a place on grass somewhere or right. hold it. Before I'd go on a porta john. Yeah, that's like, definitely. I, just, no. I I don't. I can't do porta johns under no scenario would I ever. And I'm a. I wouldn't say I'm claustrophobic, but I'm a tad on the. I don't like being in tight spaces <laughs> thing. You know, like I'm not like claustrophobic where I would freak out and have a, a full blown panic attack. But I'm not super comfy in tight spaces. Sure, right. I'm just, and especially one that smells like a porta john. Oh, horrible. So. I'm sorry, Notre Dame. I love you, and I don't want to see you lose, but I'm going to be selfish on this yeah. one. I'm not if taking to, one for the team on yeah. this one. If I had to pick one, I guess it would obviously be the first one, but you'd rather sh- get stuck in a Porta John? No, no, no. I would I would I would okay, would do you the first one as opposed to the no yes. Porta John one. As yes. soon as I read Porta John, I don't care what the other stuff says. I'm not going in there. I can't yeah. stand them. I cannot yes. like I, I'm not I'm not gonna go over the line here, but I, I have gone into them just for a number one, but the problem is there's just a pile right there that you're looking at. Like I yeah. can't do the visual of the Porta John. Like that's right. just not good. I'm sorry. Yes. I can't uh, do it. No. Then the smell obviously is different. I'm only in a Porta yep. John long enough, so I hold my breath. Yep. That hundred percent right. And you can't do that if you're locked in there for an entire minutes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh. I want to move on. I want to thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Cause my mind is not there. Yeah, Let's Ty- Tyler Evans, Tyler Evans with the super chat. Thank you very much, Tyler. Really appreciate it. He says, are you worried about Navy's option in tackling week one? Because I know missing tackling is big worrying for most teams. I mean, it's, it, I'm worried about it from the standpoint of, you know, do they make the game a little bit closer, but I don't think miss tackling is this big of an issue against, Navy as not being assignment correct. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way I look at it, Vince, is if you're assignment correct, you're you're going to be fine. Right. You know, you're you're still going to win. It's the blown assignments against Navy. They, they, they just because the, they don't they had at times. I mean, Kenny Keenan Rose that way. Malcolm Perry was that way. They had a fullback recently was could could make make a little one cut and go. But overall, Vince, they they're not a team that's been overly. It's it hasn't been an overly problematic thing as far as Navy making you miss. Mm-hmm. It was more about just not being where you needed to be, you know, hitting the wrong gap, taking the bad angle. Those are the things that hurt you against Navy more than tackling. Right. Just that's just kind of my 
that's kind of my two cents on it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm not overly worried about tackling against Navy, and especially if J.D. Bertrand is healthy in the middle, I'll be even less worried about tackling against Navy because yeah. that was the biggest missing link uh, in the last game. I mean, that's yeah. that's why the fullback went crazy on, on Notre Dame because he was a game-time decision and it didn't work out, and he wasn't able to play, and they had to completely change what they wanted to do defensively, and yeah. it didn't work. If he's in there, I feel a heck of a lot better about the yeah. middle of the defense. I agree. I agree. That's a good point, Vince. A good point. Archer. Also, which... also, I would say this. It was also a good question because I, I I get the whole for sure. the tackling team and, and the, the way the Navy plays. I, I get that. I, right. I think it's a very fair question. It's just for me, it's just not as big of an issue against right. them. I don't feel like Notre Dame is at a mismatch in open space against Navy. Yeah, that's a that's a great way of putting it. Correct. Yeah. I, I I care more about that against NC State and Ohio Correct. State and you know, teams that have more of the athletes in a system designed to be there. Right. Yeah. I like the little slot backs of Navy aren't going to be Juke and Notre Dame guys all game. Right. It's exactly. It's, it's, did you not cover the slot back? Is he, why? I mean, is he running with nobody around him? <laughs> right. That's the bigger problem. Right. When you I have three it. guys hitting the quarterback, nobody's running to the slot. I care more about that <laughs> yes, than I do correct. the other way around. Yes. Agreed. Yes, absolutely. Archer with the question, which team has been the worst to make the college football playoff? Current options for me, 2015 Michigan State, 2016 Washington, 2019 Oklahoma, or 2022 TCU? Uh, I don't think – I mean, first of all, one of those teams is unlike all the others and has no business being in this conversation – TCU won a playoff game. They went to the championship. Exactly. Yeah. That was going to be okay. my point. They too. had a yeah. bad game against Georgia, right. but they right. won. They won a playoff game. They have Correct. no business being in that conversation. I mean, right. with all due respect, 2016 Ohio State, because Archer's an Ohio State fan, was way worse than 2022 TCU. They lost 31 to nothing in the semifinal. They didn't even make it to the championship game. They lost to Clemson 31 to nothing. So, I mean, because if you're going to go with that, Ron, I can say, well, okay, then. Uh, then Bama was wor- then Notre Dame was better in 2020 than Ohio State. Well, because well, hold on a second. Ohio State lost to Bama by more than Notre Dame lost to Bama. That's a silly argument to make. Like you'd be like, Brian, come on, dude. Like that's a dumb argument. Exactly. They got they got embarrassed in the title game, but they also beat Michigan, who, you know, let's play the transitive property here thing a little bit, blew out mm-hmm. Ohio State the last time those two teams were on, you know, were on the field together. So, no, TCU does not belong on there. To answer the question, it's 15 Michigan State, to me, uh, off the top of my head, I'm trying to think, is probably the worst team. Probably second worst team is probably Cincinnati. That That's a team that I thought should have been on here. I didn't think that was a very good Cincinnati team. I thought the team the year before was probably better than the team that actually made it to the playoff. And, uh, you know, but that was still a good Cincinnati team. Uh, yeah, so 15, 14 – I thought they were all pretty good teams. I mean, Ohio, Florida State got blown out, but they were still, you know, defending national champs. They, 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 you know, maybe consideration because of how bad they got blown out. Fifteen, Michigan State team was really bad. I mean, they, they compared to the other. I mean, they were clearly the worst team in the playoff that year. That was Ohio State choking that game away. I mean, Ohio State should have been in the playoff that year based on talent. I mean, they. That was one of the two most talented teams in the country in 15 minutes. That Ohio State team was insanely talented. Right. But they just weren't they weren't a team. And that's why Michigan State beat them. They weren't very good. I actually think the 16 Washington team was really good. They don't belong on this list either to me. 
they gave Bama everything they could handle defensively. They're just, they're just an outlier. Points in the board. And they're yeah. just an outlier because Washington doesn't normally They've never go to been the play. That was a good yeah. Washington team, man. That was a really good Washington team that year. Uh, they had John Ross. They had Dante Pettis. Jake Browning's like 40 touchdowns that year. They had a great secondary. I mean, Bama scored what? It was like 24 to 6 or 24 to 7. And like one of Bama's touchdowns, I think it was like a blocked punt or something like that. Like that was a really good defensive football team. They just, that's a really good Bama defense. So I, I like Washington on, I, I wouldn't have Washington on that list. I'd, I'd have 2021 Michigan on there instead of Washington. And I think the 21 Michigan team was pretty good, but. That 16 Washington team was really good. Uh, I think the 2020 Notre Dame team, to me, was worse than 16 Washington mm-hmm. and 2022 TCU, for being fair. I agree. Like, they were. They were. I mean, that, that was that was an okay team that just played a really weak schedule and got lucky yep. that they played Clemson without Trevor Lawrence and still needed right. two overtimes to beat that Clemson team. Let's just be honest yep. about it. That was not a yep. great Notre Dame team. Agreed. That that team would have got smacked by the 2017 Notre Dame team. Yep. Right. I mean, and and the and probably the 2019 Notre Dame team. And, you know, it just wasn't a great team. So, I mean, if we're being real, I'd I'd put the Notre Dame 2020 playoff team on there before I'd put 16 Washington or 22 TCU, in my opinion, because I don't think the 2020 Notre Dame team beats 2022 Michigan. I don't. I think the 2018 Notre Dame team does, but not the 2020 Notre Dame team. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Vince, or even you uh, would consider 2020. That. I 2020. 2020 Notre Dame absolutely belongs on this list. Yeah. And is yeah. part of the conversation. Yeah. I mean, 19 Oklahoma does as well. They right. were a one man show that year, much more so than they were previous years. I mean, Jalen sure. Hurts just carried that team. They weren't that they weren't as good that year as they were right. in other years, in my opinion. So yeah, Washington's a really well coached team. I'm thinking 17, seven. You know what's funny? That 17 Clemson team that was the number one seed was on should be on this list. They had no business being the number one seed. They played a really soft schedule that year. They lost, and there was like, well, you know, I know that they lost to Syracuse, but yeah, they didn't have their starting quarterback. Syracuse, Syracuse is a four-win. Yeah, I was gonna say four-win team. I was gonna say three-win team, well, but yeah, three-win other than the win over Clemson, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like that team was bad. You had no right. business losing to that team. They weren't that good of a team. They played a really weak schedule that year. They were unimpressive in a lot of their wins. They they were the number one seed because just everybody else had a bunch of bad losses, and they were the defending champs. I mean that that. That's the only reason they were on that list. I mean, yes, no, no business being on that list. That was a bad playoff team. 17 Clemson was a bad playoff team. Um, best team to here's here's what we want. Best team to not best team to go in and not win a game in the playoff. To me, it's 17 Oklahoma. Hmm. The team that lost to Georgia in overtime. That was a really good team. Really good team. But yeah, I, I so my four would be fish, 15 Michigan State by a mile. Clemson 17. I'd go Notre Dame 2020 and uh, or excuse me, 19 Oklahoma, then Notre Dame 2020 would be my four. It'd be between Notre Dame 2020 and Cincinnati 2021 would be my two options. Mm. Those would be my two cuz I think the 2020 Notre Dame team would have beat Cincinnati. If Notre Dame would have brought back everybody they had in 2020, they don't lose to Cincinnati. If you got Jeremiah Usukor Moa and that sure. O line, yeah, right. Yep, no, yep, they don't yep. lose. No, they don't lose to Cincinnati. So I, I would actually now I would not have Notre Dame on. Oh, I'd have okay. Cincinnati on, but okay. Notre Dame's my first team out of like four or of like the four th- of the four. Of the okay, four. so my gotcha. four would be Michigan State number one, seven, 15 Michigan State one, uh, seventeen Clemson two, 
no, excuse me, 19 Oklahoma, two, 17 Clemson, three, and then 2021 Cincinnati, four would be and my Notre Dame would be five. And then Notre Dame would probably be my next one. Gotcha. That's probably my next one. Okay. And here's the thing. If you're going to put 2020 TCU on there, then why isn't 2022 Michigan on there? Because, you know, they beat Michigan in a head to head in the playoff. That doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense, Archer. You're a great poster, but I gotta, I gotta, I gotta hammer you a little bit for this one, man. How can you have TCU on there, but not the team that they beat in the playoff? That I don't get that one. I really don't get that one at all. So, yeah, and, and yeah, that, I, don't, I don't get that one. So, th- th- Vince, this is a little bit of a shot at you from Spanky. I love, I love shots. The Spanky. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much for the super chat. I'll thank you for that. <laughs> Locked in a John during a Notre Dame blowout versus Michigan scumbags uh, or locked in a car with Vince making weird noises while driving after losing in Columbus. Well, there's only <laughs> one person in the chat that can actually attest to one of these. <laughs> it's um, <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious. That's harsh. And I, I, I don't even remember. Like, I think I blacked out. Like, I don't remember making weird noises, but I was in a mood. I mean, there's no... And we were stuck in a parking garage for a long time, and it was just—it was just not a good day. It was not a good night. It's not good. It's not yep. good. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, Spanky. Yep. That was messed up, man. Thanks for bringing me back to that night. Appreciate that. Remember, Spanky was like, he—he, he, uh, yeah. We won't get into that, but remember, and he was like, you wouldn't say that if we were outside the car. So I got outside the car, and Spanky stayed sitting in the car. Remember that? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Octavio Roca, thank you very much for the super chat. Very much appreciated. If Notre Dame puts a young linebacker in space corner versus Navy, like Sneed last year, who would you want to see out there? Jaden Osbury. Mm. Yep. Speed and good tackling ability. Either him or Drake Bowen, but probably because I think Jaden's a little bit better in space. If you're going to say young linebacker, it's like, you know, replacing JD Bertrand, who would it be? I'd go Drake, maybe Drake or Ziggler. Uh, but if you're going to say like thinking the young linebacker, I'm thinking probably like freshman, I'd put Jaden Osbury would be the pick for me. Definitely. I like that. Yeah. He's Definitely. an athlete, man. I, yep. Absolutely. You put him in space against a triple option team. I like Notre Dame's chances. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's get to this. Is an, this should be an easy one, Vince, too. All right. From James, he says, favorite home game co- commentators, mine, Tom Hammond, Charlie Jones, Mike Tarico. So is this only on the TV side for Notre Dame? Yeah. I, so first of all, I would uh, TV side. I would not have Tom Hammond on there. I didn't really like Tom Hammond as an announcer. He just he never got Nate. He just didn't get stuff right. I I actually like Charlie Jones, and maybe that's because I remember Charlie Jones doing the Notre Dame uh, Florida State game in '93. So I just oh, when see, I think of Charlie Jones, I think of that game. So it's just Fair like enough. good memory. Uh, Mike Tirico is by far. <laughs> the best play-by-play guy consummate professional man like absolutely 100 yep yep he he to me was was definitely the best definitely the best now of course if you're going to put radio in here i mean there's no nobody beats tony roberts nobody that's That's why i asked as far as notre dame football nobody beats tony roberts that's 100 and i'll tell you right now the best play-by-play guy that home game commentator the notre dame has right now for if we're not just limiting it to tv is paul burmeister i mean he that's to me who should be doing the, the nbc games yes he's outstanding he is paul burmeister absolutely. is outstanding he's a pro i mean he yep. he's an absolute pro and he makes the uh the partnership uh that he currently has work 
Yes. Because it can, he can get a little homerish at times, but he makes it well, work. Radio's kind of right. tends to and I get that. that. needs to be that way a little bit. But he makes it work, and, and you need a guy like him right. to make it. You can't have two homers. You know what I mean? Like, Correct. He makes Correct. it work is the Correct. best way to put it. Because to me, my stance is I, I would much rather a, 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 a broadcast be pro my team on radio than football, sure. than on TV. Because TV, the product sells it. I can look at it. I don't even really listen right. to it a lot of times. Tariko's era was, as far as doing this job, when Tariko and Mayock were together, I, I literally listened to every single game. I, love you know, I, always say, I always tell you, I, you know, I listen to games on mute because I don't want to hear what other people have to say just because I'm, you know, I'm that's not arrogant. I'm sure. just doing a job. I don't want if yeah. I'm doing analysis, I don't want to have to repeat what Mike Mayock said. I, I don't want to know what. But it just got to the point where it's like when I got done with my work, I'd then go back and listen to the game every time yep. because yep. I just I thought they did a great job. Mayock bring, and, brought yeah. brought some knowledge to the booth. And yeah, I know that annoyed some casual fans and they didn't like them. And somebody already says. You know who's worse? You know uh, him or Flutie? I'm like, like, what are you talking about? It's not even yeah. close. Like, I don't. Mike that bothers me. me. The best color guy Notre Dame's had. Yes, and they like, blew he was it. outstanding. They outstanding. blew it by getting rid of him. Yeah, Flutie was terrible. Um, nice guy, I guess. I mean, people say I've never met him, but Mayock was out. Somebody just said he was boring. What? Oh, what? Well, I, no comment. What? I'm just gonna. Keep I guess my mouth I'm. Shut. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I. I have a reason why I'm not gonna be a jerk. I'm sorry, Andrew. I won't be a jerk. Right. Uh, but he liked the, the same person who said that liked Pat Hayden. I just. I don't know. Sometimes, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I thought Tony Dungy did a really nice job too. Because again, I like. I like job. someone that actually teaches me something. Yes, he did That's an crazy, excellent job. But he did a really good job. Yeah. And you know, Jason Garrett is actually knowledgeable. He's just because I've actually listened to a couple games this offseason. He's a green. That's super boring, too. Like, he's boring. That's boring. (laughs) Right. You know, like. And he's not with a pro. And so that doesn't help. There's nobody to bring him along. Right. Because Tariko knew how to, like, get Mayock back on track, you know, because Mayock would get a little bit like, okay, you've you've made the point. Let's get, you know, Mm -hmm. he could rein him in when he needed to because. You know, like if I was ever doing a game like that, I'd need a, a pro color uh, play-by-play guy. Yeah, exactly. he'd, have to, he'd have to be willing to cut me off and be like, yep. okay, back to action, right? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, yep. uh, no doubt, like no doubt. So that's why yeah, that's I, the only I, reason that Styers and I work because he's a pro and he brings me along. Yes. Like that's 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 why it works. I'm yep. just you know, talking about when you guys are doing games together. Yeah, so, when we're doing so games right. together. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Archer, speaking of Tennessee, Jordan Rogers said, "Quote." Joe Milton is hands down the most talented quarterback in the entire country, and it's not even close, unquote. Did he ask chat GPT for a hot take that day? That's weird. See, this is one of those ones where people confuse arm strength with arm talent. Right. And it's just not smart. And and it's it's but it's look, people that know quote unquote no football. I really don't think they know. I still say this, Vince. Quarterback play is the is the worst evaluated in in NFL right now. <laughs> and and with it's and, but it's not just analysts like like Jordan Rogers who played quarterback. No, it's NFL people. It's NFL. It's ex- people whose jobs are on the line. Yeah. How else do you justify Jim Druckenmiller being a first round pick? And then and then fast forward all the way to now, and and Tori, you got Mitch Trubisky going number two, and and Will Levis being the early pick in the second round. Will Levis to me, based on his play at Kentucky is borderline draftable, mm-hmm. borderline. I mean, think about the lack of production this guy had. You, in today's era of college football, this guy never threw for even 2,900 yards in a season. 
Ian Book did that. You know, like this guy had in the last two years, this is where this is where I say when you hear people criticize, I'll hear people criticize Sam Hartman for turning the ball over. And the same breath will be that I'm like, well, I could go find video of you praising how good Will Levis was. Like Will Levis, the last two years through 23 interceptions, Sam Hartman through 27. Will Levis threw barely over 600 passes. Sam Hartman threw over 900. And Will Levis, the last two years, he threw 23 picks, Vince, but he only had 43 touchdowns. Sam Hartman did that in one year almost. He had 39 in one year. But you'll see people, Will Levis is more talented than Sam Sam Hartman. No, he's not. He has a better arm. That's it. He's not more talented. People are enamored with the physical traits and yeah, the physical traits of these guys. And it's, I mean, that's why um, the the kid from Florida shot up the draft boards last year and and, and got drafted. With him, I do see arm talent. Sure. him. But people, all I saw was like vertical leap and uh, you know, all these care about all like who gives a crap. Yeah. Can he complete a pass? Can he complete a basic pass? And, and I don't think Will Levis can do that. That, look, there's a reason the guy with his arm strength went in the second round, you know, but th- th- we see way too much of that. Like Zach Wilson going up number two overall, like that was just dumb. I mean, right. Who didn't see that coming? Right. right? Exactly. I mean, terrible. You know, it is is one of those things where Joe Milton is the most, I mean, first of all, that you can say that with a straight face in a in an era where Caleb Williams is also in college. First mm-hmm. of all, Caleb Williams can match Joe Milton in arm strength. Yeah. especially when it comes to throwing outside of the pocket. So, so number one, number two, are you kidding me with Caleb? That's just saying something just to get recognized so that you're being brought up in conversation. Yep. There's no serious person thinks that Joe Milton's the most Joe Milton probably doesn't even think he's more talented than Caleb Williams. Right. Cause I've actually heard he's a pretty real kid, like a good kid, like was a great backup quarterback to, to Henry and Hooker, was a great teammate. I've heard a lot of good things about Joe Milton as a young man, right? So I don't want this to turn into a bash Joe Milton situation. Sure. But are you are you kidding me? In a year where the, where Caleb Williams exists in college football, you're going to try to tell me <laughs> that not only is Joe the Joe Milton the best, the most talented hands down, but it's not even close. Are you kidding me? Are you are you putting talent into one category? You're going to tell me he's right. more athletic than Caleb Williams? No. Is he more accurate? No. Better decision maker? No. This is a guy that completed 50% of his passes against Vanderbilt. You know, I mean, come on. Like, what are we doing here? Like, some of these takes, man, are just really bizarre. Just really, really bizarre. And I don't understand where they come from. This guy got beat out by Cade McNamara. (laughs) Cade McNamara. You know, like, (laughs) what are we doing here, man? You know, it just, it kills me. It really kills me. Really kills me. From JU, we got a super chat. Thank you very much. I think it's the second one of the day. Appreciate it. Yep. Is Bachmeyer more similar to Buckner or someone else? I don't know if I, who I'd compare him to. There's body, his very similar to Tyler Buckner body type wise. Okay. Him and Tyler Buckner have very, very similar builds. Um, let me see him play his junior year first. I got to watch more of, of Bear Bachmeyer. What I've seen, I like. 
I don't know that uh, that Tyler Buckner would be the guy that I would compare him to. Body type wise, they're very similar. They have very similar frames, Vince. Like you know, six two ish, six one ish. Okay. You know, good athletic body. He's athletic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like if he was playing baseball for you'd be a shortstop or center fielder, just a look. Right. You know, the He's a twenty five kid, right? Yes, he is. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. And they just they just recently offered him, I believe. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how that one plays out. Andre Tonsil says, in this 2023 season, whose, quote, effort needs to be better, coaches or players or both? No, it's definitely both. I mean, always both. I don't know that there's anyone on this current staff that I would say, I don't think this guy's working as a coach. I don't I don't know if that's the issue. I don't know if effort is is an issue that I would have made about last year's team as a whole. I think there was a couple players. But overall, I don't think last year's team lost because they didn't try hard yeah i think they lost because they were undisciplined at times they were unfocused at times they were they had some attitudes that weren't the greatest i mean do i did i question the effort of lorenzo styles last year absolutely i did of couple defensive linemen absolutely i did Jaden thomas i questioned it early but with Jaden, it was clear that it was about a kid who just wasn't sure what he was supposed to do sure. yeah more so than a kid who just like Lorenzo was like, analysis. he knew he wasn't getting the ball, so he just jogged off the line. Right. You know, with Jaden was like, okay, I think I'm supposed to be doing this, but I'm not sure. By the end of the year, Jaden Thomas was their best wide receiver. Well, him right. and Brayden Lindsay were their best wide receivers. He was their most dependable, I would say. But, you know, so, I, you know, if I had to, I'd have to say probably players because there's that's more of a, a an effort thing. I don't know that there's any coaches whose effort I would question – uh, I think it's more of a focus thing, a discipline thing, a, you sure. know, having the right attitude, being bought into the team, all that kind of stuff. That's probably where I would go with that one. So here's an interesting one. Okay. From number one ND fan, which criticism of a player on the Notre Dame roster is the most overdone? For example, Harriman is turnover or Hartman, I'm guessing is turnover. Yeah. From. I, I think that's a, I think that's a, a good one. Uh, what criticism of a player on the nerd? Well, now that Tyler Buckner's gone, uh, mm-hmm. that's harder to do because the whole Tyler Buckner can't complete a pass thing was just the most right one of the most absurd, well, lazy things that we ever. And I know it's still happening. I know. No, 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 yeah, no. I was just gonna say as a as a similar one to Hartman is turnover prone. I, I hear all the time that Hartman doesn't have any receivers to throw to, so he's not gonna be any good. Like he he had so what two you're good saying games. is more of the biggest criticism is more about the receiver position, more right. so, so than, like yeah. he had better receivers at, at Wake Forest, and that's what made him successful. Sure. You know, that sure kind of a criticism. Yeah, I, that's an interesting. I'm trying to think which which criticism of a current player is the most overdone. Oh, here's an oh gosh, Vince. I'm gonna JD. say it. Yes. <laughs> How do we forget that one? That JD Bertrand's not fat as slow. Right, right. That, that's that's the duh. Right. That's the easiest one. There's a lot of people that have convinced themselves that JD Bertrand's not athletic and, and slow. And yes. that is a really bad evaluation. Really bad. <laughs> right. So, but and, and but um, the thing is, the people that believe that there you there is literally nothing nope. that can happen that will change I their mind. I could put a 10 minute highlight tape together yep. of JD playing last year and it wouldn't matter. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It will not matter. They will never change their mind, right. ever. And it's going to take him like are. chasing down a four-three guy from behind right. in the title game to secure the win. 
Right. Uh, you know what but I mean? But it'll like, still be he should have made the tackle at the line of scrimmage, so it sure. doesn't matter, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're you're right. No, that that <laughs> that is Bill Walsh nailed it. It's un it's overdone and unwarranted, and that's 100 <laughs> yes. correct. No 100% doubt. Correct. No doubt. Absolutely correct. All right, last couple, Vince. All here's, right. Here's the last two. And, and by the way, there's people asking about Matt Bayless. We, if you want to know, go back to the beginning of the show. The whole right. first 15 minutes was about the Matt Bayless situation. So, yeah. Brian Denbo is the fan base putting too much pressure on Carr. No, I mean you're you want to be a quarterback in Notre Dame, then you better be able to handle pressure. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, I guess I don't I don't know a lot. Of, I the the conversations I've seen from Notre Dame fans about CJ Carr have been pretty fair. He's very talented. He has a chance to be a great player at Notre Dame. He speed out Kenny Minchie first. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's pretty fair. I mean, he's a very talented kid who has a chance to be a very special player. Yeah. He's going to have a lot of pressure on him. That's the nature of it. And honestly, if CJ didn't want that pressure, he's smart enough to know not to pick Notre Dame. Exactly. I think CJ kind of likes that type of thing because he's got just enough confidence and just enough humility to handle it correctly. Agreed. And you need that. You need a little mm-hmm. humility. So you're not someone who just thinks I'm the stuff and I just show up and I'm the man and the ball gets rolled out and I'm a great player. Right. You know, meaning he knows he's got to work at it. Right. He's got to have the right attitude and put in the work and, and be all that. But he also has enough confidence to say that that work is means I'm pretty flipping good and I'm going to mm-hmm. go show you. Right. That, yeah. That's a hard with young quarterbacks, especially ones who have a, a name and kind of come from where they've been sort of hyped up for a while that humility part can be really challenging to find and the confidence can sometimes be a little bit false because there's so much better. They've never really truly been challenged and then the college and get challenged a little bit. And they're like, Holy crap, I'm not really prepared to handle this. You know? And I think CJ has that really nice blend of confidence, humility that you need to be. A, sure. Like I thought Trevor Lawrence had a little bit of that. Sure. Right. Like I think Bryce Young has a little bit of that, you know, that combination of humility and, and where, Hey, I can learn something from Mac Jones. Right. Like Sean Davis has talked about this, that the, the comments he made about how he he did not like the fact he got beat out by Mac Jones, but understood the value and what he can learn from it. Where a lot of you screw this. I'm not listening. To you. I'm better than him. Right. That's a That requires some humility. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, hey, you know what? I can learn from that. I don't have all the answers. This guy can teach me something. And I think that's what made Bryce Young a, a great player on top of, you know, for especially a guy who's like 5'11 and 195 pounds. You know, but it's it. He has it up here and here as well as having the phys, the the arm sure. talent to be a great player. Uh, I think you need a little bit of that. I think Joe Burrow had 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 some of that. Joe Burrow's an incredibly talented guy. Sure. I think he also had a little bit of humility because his dad's a coach and what he went through at Ohio State to say, "Hey, I, I got to work at this. I got to earn this." Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that I think Kyle Kyle Wilson is it Kyle Wilson? What's his name? Um, that's the guy for the Jets. What's his name? Zach Wilson. Oh, Zach Wilson. He he needs to learn humility. He mm-hmm. lacks humility. Like, and yeah. I think that's a big part of the problem that he has. Is he he has plenty of of uh, outward confidence, but he lacks humility, and and he's learning that, and he better learn that, or he'll never make it, in my opinion. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Last one here, Vince. Let's, uh, we're going to end here with Michael Johnson. Let me pull that up again. There it is. If Day loses to Notre Dame and Michigan, is he on the hot seat? I, I mean... I probably, I, from, but probably, shouldn't. yeah, yeah. By the fans, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I saw that he's on the hot seat because they lost out on the KVA uh, recruitment. I mean, it's yeah, so- that was the meltdown on the Ohio State boards <laughs> uh, after they lost him to like, oh my gosh, I mean, that was. I'm not gonna lie, that was fun. That was kind of fun to read. It was like, comical. I, I it, mean, it makes me like, man, we we got a pretty good fan base because we, <laughs> our meltdowns compared to that meltdown are not even. Well, maybe it's just our board's not that way, but like. Right. And when people get upset about how Notre Dame, you know, how Notre Dame fans handle stuff, it's like, man, that's nothing compared to what that <laughs> meltdown. Are you kidding me? Like, when we shut down the program, I'm like, you know, Jim Knowles needs to be fired right now. And I'm like, wow, okay. All right. Yeah, one year. That's all you yeah, get. Just landed Justin Scott like two weeks ago, but let's right. fire the defensive coaches. Right. right. I mean, okay, sure. Yeah, it's it, it's wild, man. But look, you can't lose to your rival, especially a rival that you've dominated for 15 years. I mean, they, right. They went three like, in a row. Like, yeah. And and the two of them weren't even close. Yeah, you know, it's like it's like this, Vince. It's like you, you. It was like 15 years. You lost them once, and it was the year that you had the interim thing between. It was the year between Trestle and Meyer. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it, I think they won. Like, was it 14 out of 15? I think. Let, let me let me look that up because I, I want to see for Come sure. On Archer, like, what was what you, was you it? Can't, you can't <laughs> dominate a team like that, and then just get stomped two years in a row and just expect fans who, who are some of the most arrogant, like unrealistic, I mean, you know, unrealistic from the standpoint of they should always, you know, they're not unrealistic and their team should be really good. Right. We remember we had that question recently, like who's the most unrealistic fan base. Yep. Well, Ohio state fans should be thinking championship every year. That's, that's fine. But then this notion of you should never lose to Michigan ever. And if you do, you should be fired. So it was uh, you you go. Know, that, oh, so 04 to 2019, four, five, one six, loss, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, three, four, five. So, yeah, 15 and one. They went 15 and one. And the only year they lost was, the, like I said, the year. In, right. And they only lost that game by six. Right. They only lost that game by six. They got with Luke Fickle as the head coach in the last two years. Yeah. Yeah. Bullied. Especially the second half. Yeah. And, and, you know, cause like the 16 Michigan team to me was way better than the teams that, that Michigan had the last two years. They just couldn't beat Ohio State. And they were mm-hmm. great game. The 16 game was a phenomenal game. I mean, phenomenal game. But, you know, remember, remember 16 is the year that Michigan beat Penn State, who won the Big Ten that year, 49 to 10. Mm. Remember that? Like, they beat Michigan 40. They beat Penn State 49 to 10. Like, that team killed people. They beat Colorado that year, 45 to 28. And you laugh about Colorado. But remember, that was the year Colorado went 10 and 4 and played for the Pac 12 title game. They beat a really good Wisconsin team that year by a touchdown. Beat Rutgers 78 to nothing. Illinois 41 to 8. Maryland 59 to 3. And then they lost by three to Florida State. And then that was the year they lost their first loss. They were 9 and 0. And they lost to Iowa on the road. Remember that? Beat UCF 51 to 14. Hawaii 63 to 3. I mean, that was a, and, and beat the 
the Big Ten champ, Penn State, 49 to 10. That was a really good Michigan team. Really good Michigan team. Better so, than yeah, last year's but, teams. To the but, question, you yeah. can't lose to Michigan three years in a row and not take some heat for it. I right. mean, I, and especially the manner in which they've lost those games. Like if it's if this third game is a repeat of the last two, then and I don't think Notre Dame has anything to do with it. If I'll be honest with you, I, I, oh, I do. Oh, I do. do you? I, okay. I, I for the hot seat. Like, look, okay. if they lose to Michigan, I don't care if they beat Notre Dame by fifty. He's going to feel some pressure. Yes. From fans, but right. hot seat is more about: Are you on the hot seat with your bosses that, to get fired? Okay. Fans can fans can't put you on the hot seat. They can say whatever they want. It's fans being fans. The hot seat is when you're if they go lose to Notre Dame and lose to Michigan. Yes, that that's where he gets on the hot seat because now it's okay. like okay, you're now what nineteen? You're now five years removed from Urban Meyer's tenure, and we're going down. Now all of a sudden, you're you're holding that Georgia loss up as an anomaly. Well, yeah, you played well in that game, but you've gotten whooped by, you know, Ohio, Michigan three years in a row. You know, Notre Dame beat you. You know, that that that's what could get him on the hot seat. And in the worst case scenario, like the nightmare scenario for Ryan Day this year is that they go 0-3 in their big games. And, and two of them are on the road, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. They play at Notre Dame on September 23rd, home against Penn State on October 21st. And then at Michigan. Well, actually, I'll say this. The the nightmare is you lose to uh, Notre Dame. Actually, you know what? I'm going to take that back. Uh-oh. It's not losing to Mich- Wisconsin as your third loss. Or, I mean, Penn State is your third loss. Three Here's losses. the nightmare scenario for Ohio State. Okay. You lose on the road to Notre Dame and Michigan. And okay. then alum Luke Fickle beats you <laughs> in the middle of those. Like, that's the nightmare scenario. And I don't think that's going to yeah. happen. I don't. I think Ohio State's going to be a really good team this year. I do not see them losing three games. But that if that happens, then, yeah, he could be in trouble. He could be in trouble. But just losing to Michigan, if, if they beat Notre Dame and Penn State and Wisconsin, no, he's not going to get fired. And if they do fire him, good luck hiring a new coach. Right? Hold on a second. Like, this guy just went 12-1. and one, Right. Which now makes him what's his career record now, Vince? He was forty-five and six coming in. If they go twelve and one this year in the regular season, that means he's fifty-seven and seven, and you're going to fire him? Uh, no, I don't want to deal with that. So, no, they won't. But but if he loses two or more in the regular season, then he could be on the hot seat. And if one of those is to Michigan, then he can be on the hot seat. So I actually do think Notre Dame factors into it a little bit, Vince, because if okay. he beats Notre Dame, it takes some of the actual some of the heat off. off. Yeah. But if they lose to Notre Dame and Michigan, it's like, dude, you're not even number two in the Midwest anymore. Like, you got beat by both of these teams. Now, yeah, like, wh- wh- because now your program's trending in the wrong direction. Sure. Right? Like, they peaked under Ryan Day, you'd kind of argue, his first two years. They go 13-1 and one in his first year. And the only loss that year was in one of the best playoff games we've ever had. That – 29 to 23 Clemson win was a tremendous game. Two great teams duking it out. It's just that Clemson happened to have the best part in the field that day. And Trevor Lawrence. And that just sure. and he just kind of did that Superman thing that Caleb Williams did to Notre Dame last year, right? And that was a really good Ohio State team. I mean, really good Ohio State team. And you know, they beat a pretty decent Cincinnati team that year, 42 to nothing. Beat Indiana 51 to 10, beat Miami of Ohio 76 to 5, beat Nebraska on the road 48 to 7, beat a ranked Michigan State team by 24, beat number 13 Wisconsin by 31, 
hung 73 on Maryland, beat number eight Penn State 28 to 17, and destroyed number 13 Michigan 56 to 27. And then won a rematch against Wisconsin, who was really good that year, by 13. That was a great Ohio State team. They just happened to run into a great Clemson team. Well, a really, really good Clemson team that had a great generational quarterback, right? Uh, 2020, you know, his second year, yeah, they were pretty good. It was a COVID year. It was a weird year. I don't don't fault him for some of the sloppiness they had early that year. It's like, what, what are you expecting of them, the way the Big Ten handled that season? It was so weird. But you know what? They battled through. They made it to the college football play championship game, beat Clemson. And, you know, so, but since then, Vince, what have they done? They've gone 24 and four. It's pretty good, right? Yeah. But you've gone, you've lost two games to Michigan. You got, you got smacked in the mouth pretty good at home by Oregon. You barely beat a depleted Utah team, right? And, and the Fiesta Bowl. I mean, Utah was putting their backup running back at cornerback in that game, and you won by three. You got smacked again by Michigan this year, and, and and then your claim to fame this year is what? You came back from behind and beat a 9-4 and four Notre Dame team, and you almost beat Georgia? Like, now you're getting into Brian Kelly territory. Like, your your best game is a loss. Is an almost win. You know what I mean? Right. And and to me, it's like, you, if you lose two this year in the regular season, Vince, you got to say, hey, look, the program's trending in a wrong direction. Yeah, yeah. And you've got to explain to me what you're going to do to fix it. Well, I'm going to make this higher. Well, you already did the staff turnover thing, and it's made it worse. You know what I mean? So I do think it's a big season for him, but it's got to be more than just losing to Michigan. If they beat Wisconsin on the road, Notre Dame on the road, and Penn State, losing to Michigan is not going to get him on the hot seat. It's going to be like, hey, we got to figure this out, man. But you're like, you're still pretty flipping good. You know what I mean? Like 12-1 and one, still pretty flipping good. Uh, but just so for people, people know, my prediction this year is that Ohio State will beat Michigan. That's my preseason prediction. I, I, I don't think Ohio State loses to Michigan three in a row. I just I can't see it, man. I I, but I said the same thing going into. I do both think they're going to lose two games. games. I do think Ohio State's going to lose two games, but I don't think one of them's going to beat Michigan. I, I said going into both of the games the last two years that Ohio State was going to win. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I said, just didn't. Well, because I said last the year, Vince, there's no way it. after right. getting embarrassed at home. Exactly. Or I mean, getting embarrassed on the road and Michigan talking trash about you the whole offseason. Yep. And, and then having a whole game. Out your head coach and you get them at home. There's no way Ohio State doesn't show up for that. There's no way Ohio State's not fired <laughs> up for that. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. They just were going through the motions. And then yep. once Michigan punched them in the mouth in the third quarter, Ohio State folded. And so to your point, you're absolutely correct. They got to show yeah. it. But I just, my prediction is that they will win this year. I, because I, I, I think this Ohio State team is going to be forced to be what they should be which is a more balanced on offense, play good defense type of team. Sure. That's that's kind of how I look at it. So, uh, but because I could actually see this Ohio State, I've said this before, I could see this Ohio State team actually being better than last year's Ohio State team in the regular season, but having a worse record because their schedule's a lot tougher. Sure. They've got, the Wisconsin will be better this year. They got to play at Wisconsin. They got to play at Michigan. They got to play at Notre Dame and they get Penn State at home. You go three and one against that, you're really good. I don't care if you lost to Michigan three years in a row. I get that. It sucks. Your fan base won't accept that. I understand that. But if you go three and one against that stretch of teams, you're really good. Yeah. You're really good. You know, and then you probably are still in the Big Ten title game, or, you know, if not, you're a, I mean, if they're still probably a playoff team or at least in the conversation again, depending on how, if they if win. If they're the only losses to 
Notre Dame. If they're only losses well, to Notre Dame, they're in the Big well, Ten. Well, I said to Michigan. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. I, did, I thought you said they were going to win. If they lose to Michigan again, because that's a premise. If, if they okay. lose to Michigan again in the hot seat. My whole thing is if they go 11-1 in the regular season and they lose to Michigan, they beat Notre Dame on the road, beat Wisconsin on the road, and sure. beat Penn State on, at home, that's a really good season. There are not a lot of teams. You could count the number of teams on one hand, one hand, that can go to Notre Dame and beat Notre Dame, go to Wisconsin to beat Wisconsin, and beat Penn State at home in, in the same season. You can count that. It'd be like Ohio State, maybe Georgia. You know, Like, okay, I, I'm, I'm tapped out of teams that I feel confident could do that. Sure. Right? I mean, you know, so uh, that that would be a really good season. But to Ohio State fans, it see, Ohio State fans disrespected that rivalry for a decade. We don't care about them anymore. Blah 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 blah. Until that, until Michigan started smacking them in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And now, and I think that's kind of good because now they're going back to where this rivalry means something again. And that's I don't blame that on Ohio State fans. I blame that right. on Michigan. Michigan just didn't show up and win those games. So it's like, of course, this rivalry doesn't mean a whole lot anymore because right. it's not a rivalry exactly. when the other team can't ever win it. Uh, but now it's back to being a rivalry. And 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 I think it. If Ryan Day handles the losses to Michigan correctly, it'll be the best thing to ever happen to him. Meaning what he what he misses is that if you can develop your team in a way to beat this Michigan team, then you're going to have a team capable of going and competing for a championship. But he kept trying to say, well, we got to beat Bama and Georgia and Clemson. Okay, fine, but you don't get to play those teams if you don't beat Michigan. And so – how do you beat Michigan? You got to be coached well. You got to be tough. You just you're just not going to be able to go out talent Michigan like you used to because Mich- when when they were beating those really good Michigan teams, they were putting they had the Bosa's and they had you know Taylor Decker and I mean you know some really good linemen. They were pretty good in the trenches. I mean they were running the ball under Urban Meyer. They're 200 plus yards a game under Urban Meyer. Well now they're not the same physical team anymore. They're they're more of that right. NFL style. Right. Let me show everyone how smart I am type of play and and Michigan's still a hard-nosed college football team and they're punching their mouth a little bit and you know I I think that's hurt them yeah I mean Ohio State ran for 119 yards against Georgia and 143 against Michigan go back and compare that to 2014 when they won the title they went for 281 against Alabama and 296 against Oregon and went for 301 in the Big Ten title game against Wisconsin and then went for 223 or 233 against Michigan that year now Michigan wasn't that good that year but they dominated Michigan in the trenches Ohio State's lack of physicality is a recent development yes I mean the the 2016 (laughs) game you remember that you remember that Michigan that that um I'm gonna that 2016 Michigan team had one of the best Michigan defenses of the last 20 years I mean they had NFL players all over the place I'm, I'm gonna pull it up so they had they had Jabril Peppers Taco Charlton uh Maurice Hurst Chris Warmly, Jordan Lewis, Delano Howe, Ben Gideon, Ryan Glasgow were all fifth, fourth round picks or better on that team. They were loaded. Mm-hmm. I think Devin Rashawn Gary was a freshman on that team. Chase Winovich was a backup on that team. Devin Bush was a freshman on that team, I believe. They were loaded. And Ohio State ran for 206 yards on 50 carries against them. Now, that is a grinded out performance. Sure. They only barely were, but they grinded it out. They were tough. They could smack Michigan in the mouth, and then they could also take a blow when Michigan punched them back. And that's why they won that game. That was a controversial game and all that, but like it was a tough, 
hard-fought game. You, Michigan could not out-physical you. Right. And that's why they couldn't win. Right now, Michigan is out-physicaling Ohio State. They're beating Ohio State in the trenches. Yep. And they're they're not a tough team anymore. Exactly. And until he fixes that. I mean, that's how the last two games have gone. It's just, right. it's It's been – it's been a street fight where the one guy is not fighting back. Like, right. It's hundred percent, right. it's man. It's, it's been it's, embarrassing, frankly. Yeah, I'm sorry. It really has. I and mean, just from a like physicality said, standpoint. Well, but they were close early. Exactly. You weren't in that fight the whole time. When they hit you in the mouth a little bit and things didn't go your way, right. your team exactly. buckled. Exactly. Right. And, and that's and we kind of saw it in the in the title in the semifinal game. Look, Marvin Harrison went out. And, and Ohio State kind of collapsed. Am, am I wrong? Mm. I mean, I keep I keep having all these Ohio State fans tell me that they've got the best receiving core in college football, and it's not just about Marvin Harrison. Well, I agree with them. I do. I agree with them. But my whole thing is, you had a fourteen point lead in the fourth quarter. You had a lead with less than a minute to go. Where, where were your stops? Where was your dig down deep and make a stop moment like like Georgia had. Georgia had several of those in the fourth quarter, Vince, because Ohio State only scored once in the fourth quarter. It was a field goal. That's it. Ohio State had seven in the first, 21 in the second, 10 in the third, and when the game was on the line, Georgia outscored Ohio State 18 to three in the fourth quarter. Right there. That's toughness. That's mental toughness, physical toughness. Georgia has it. Michigan has it, and Ohio State needs to find it if they're going to get back to being the team that's a legitimate go-out-there-and-win-a-title team. Well, we almost beat Georgia. You almost beat Georgia. Almost. You didn't because you couldn't hold a 14-point fourth-quarter lead because Georgia outscored you 18-3 to in the fourth. Yeah, but Marvin Harrison got hurt. But I just thought you guys kept telling me that Emeka's this great player, and you got all these other talented receivers. Kate Stover's a great player. I think he got banged up in that game too, if I remember correctly. But it's like – but shouldn't you be able to have the firepower to make these stops? Right? That's the thing. And that's what Ohio State used to be able to do. And that's why Urban Meyer had this phenomenal postseason record as Mm -hmm. as at Florida and Ohio State. And if Coach Day wants to get back to that, then he's going to handle this Michigan losses the right way and say this is about – and it's not about play calling. It's about stepping up your year-round emphasis on being the baddest guy on the block. And the baddest guy on the block – Vince is not the guy that does this, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You remember the song Leroy Brown, Bad Bad yep. Leroy Brown. What happened to Leroy Brown at the end of that video? Uh, end of that song. I don't right? remember. I, he I got worked. He found some. He he did a lot of this, right? He found some dude that you know took it to him. Yeah. Right. The baddest kind of block isn't the guy that does this. It's the guy that, like I always said this in 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 like a at a club. Whenever there'd be a guy like running his mouth behind his three buddies, you know, talking trash, that guy wanted no smoke. He wanted no smoke. The guy that I was worried about is a guy that was just coming at me, not saying a word, but with that look in his eyes. Ah, uh, can somebody stand between me and this dude? It's like the, the dude running his mouth behind his three friends and they're barely touching him. They're like holding him back with like a finger. I yeah, got right. that smoke. Right. The guy that you really want to worry about is a guy that just, I, I'm not talking. Like, oh, you, you said, what about my lady? Okay. That's it. Out. <laughs> no talking. Don't you disrespect my woman? I don't need to tell you that. You did it. It's you got to go. It's it, you're going to sleep for a little bit. I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you. It's just go. That's the guy that I'm worried about, right? And and that's what Ohio State has turned into. Oh, that that team that does a lot of this, but when they get punched in the mouth, they're like, I don't like this. I'm gonna take my ball and go home. Mm-hmm. 
You literally had Ohio State fans complaining about they lost to Michigan in 2021 because how cold it was. You're in Ohio. Right. That's that's terrible. You're in Ohio. This isn't like Bama had to go up north for a game in Indianapolis or Detroit or something. You're in Ohio. Weather should not be a reason you're blaming for a loss. But I think that speaks to the mentality of that football team. And and if he fixes that, now here's the thing, Vince. If he fixes that, Ohio State's going to be scary good. Sure. Because their skill is outstanding on offense. And even when Mecca and Marvin leave, it's like, okay, Carnell Tate, Brandon Innes, Jeremiah Smith, like, right. fine. You know what I mean? Uh, they just got to figure out a way to get that toughness back. You cannot be a championship team in the North if you can't punch people in the mouth. And, and here's the big thing, and take a punch. Because what was the greatest – what was, the to me, the biggest difference between Mike Tyson and, and Evander Holyfield? Evander could take a punch. Like, he could take a beating. And – like and but he he was going to be there at the end. Hey, you keep hitting me all you want, but I'm I'm going to be here in the end. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to go toe to toe with you. And you got to be that. You got to be that. That's what makes Georgia so good, in my opinion. Like you hit him in the mouth, but if the game's close in the fourth quarter, they're going to do what they need to do to win. Right. You are. If you're going to beat Georgia. You got to blow them out. Absolutely. Because if it's close, you're they're going to make the plays they need to win. That's just who they are now. Ohio State's lost that. So, uh, great question. We did get one more. I wanted to get to Vince. It came up. Real quick right. to get out of for, here from Reginald Williams. From Reginald, uh, what games do y'all have circled on the calendar as proving grounds? I have three, Vince. Okay. You kind of talked about it. I thought the point you made in the show with Jesse last night about the game that you would be most willing to lose was a great point. Yeah. I, I think yeah. that's true. If you can only, if you, it, the premise was if, if you, if you didn't listen, you guys should have listened last night. You listen to Jesse and Vince tonight. They're going to be on in 50 minutes. It was a good show last night. However, Vince, if you're only going to lose one, I think you nailed it with NC State. But that's also why that game is circled on my calendar. Sure. This is your first prove-it game. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, no doubt. Ohio State's on there because this is your chance to make a national statement. Hey, we're we're for real. And then the last one is Clemson. Okay, you've proven you can beat Clemson at home, but can you go on the road in November, hostile territory, what I think is going to be a really good football team and handle your business on the road. Cause here's what's the big question. Okay. So if you beat Ohio state and USC, that's great. But you showed me last year, you can beat a top team at home, but you got whooped in the two road games against really good. Right. Team. Yep. Can you go on the road and beat a powerhouse? That's that next step. So those are the three games from not that USC is not important. It's very important. But to me, those three games are my, my circled games. At this right. point in time, yep. somebody asked if Stanford circled. No, not really. No. I mean, I don't need payback against Stanford. I mean, you, you shouldn't be worried about Stanford, but you know, do you need to show them something? Sure, I guess, but it's not a circled know. game. Like yeah, that's that there should be plenty of motivation. Season, maybe. Yeah, it's Let, let's say this, Vince. If Stanford was in the position in the third game against instead of NC State, and you flip those two games, I'd probably circle Stanford because this is going to be the it would be the one of this team's going to show me if they got a little bit of P and V in them. Yeah, because you know, yeah. like, are they going to want some to to put a hurting on Stanford as payback? Right. But by game twelve, that team Correct. we're already know who that team is, and it exactly. won't Stanford won't be anything, right? But where they're placed, if it was earlier in the year before Maybe. you play Ohio State and USC and Clemson, sure. you can make an argument for it. That's fine. Sure. I, but yeah, but where it is now, game twelve, Notre Dame's going to know exactly what they need to do and where they are, and all of like we're going to have a heck of a lot of questions answered at that point. I will say this: the only way that I'm circling Stanford is if it's after the weight game 
and Notre Dame beats Wake and they're eleven and zero. And it's like, okay, now sure. they're circled simply because they're the final row. Last game of the playoffs. season. Yeah, That's exactly. It. That's but it's right. not really about Stanford. It's right. just about they're the last row. And, and I would still make one heck of a case for them to be in the playoff, even if they lost that game, but you don't want to lose the last game. Mm, correct. I mean, it's, I, I, I get the perception and I get all of it. But, I mean, you, if you just take their record and you look at the wins that yeah. they had and all of those, I mean, they're still in. But that's it's a bad look to lose that last game against a team like that, that I believe would probably be sub 500 yeah. next year. So bad look. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that's going to do it for the mailbag. You guys got a little extra something, something today because we had a, questions. We had a lot of extra to talk about and we're both fired up about the fact that we got practice tomorrow and that the season is finally kicking off. And man, this is, this is just, it's awesome. So uh, you guys got extra because we love you, and that's why we're that's why we're here. That's why we do what we do. So uh, make sure you hit that like button, the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share with your family and friends. We're going to be back tonight in 49 minutes with IB Nation Sports Talk. Jesse and I, we've got uh, a lot of fun stuff to talk about. We're going to continue to talk about uh, camp, and we're going to make some predictions about some things that are going to happen. So a little bit of a different spin on what Brian and I have been talking about. We're going to make some predictions. We're going to have some fun with that. So make sure you come back uh, at 6 o'clock for that one. And then tomorrow, fresh off a of practice, Brian will be back at 1 o'clock. Well, it, it might be a little bit later than well, that depending on the, the press conference and all call. that. But once the press conference – so it may be closer to 2, but Brian and, Brian and I will be there to, to recap the show. But you know yeah, what yeah. you can do to make sure you miss, don't miss it? That little bell also, right there. I will have something on the message board before the show about how the practice went. So you'll want to check Beautiful. that out too. Beautiful. There you go. So folks, hit the bell, hit the subscribe, all of it so that you know, uh, because we're going to come at you with everything that we saw. And then that night, Jesse and I are going to tell you what we saw. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. It's going to be a loaded day and uh, I can't wait. It's all about Notre Dame football. So Hey, man, meet you back here in 45 minutes, everybody. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. So, everybody, for Brian, I'm Vince, and uh, thanks for joining us on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. The Big Show!
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.